0: Hello, my name is Andy Staples, and I'm the Director of Research and Outreach here at the Heinrich Foundation in Singapore. I'm joined today by Deborah Elms, Executive Director of the Asian Trade Centre, also here in Singapore. Deborah, thanks for joining us today. Um, We're here because we've just launched a new paper titled Digital Trade in the Asia-Pacific, Issues for 2021 and Beyond. You've authored this paper, and could I ask you to take us through the key points uh, that you are looking at?
1: Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. So the paper was uh, an opportunity for us to start a series of conversations for 2021 and beyond about digital trade issues that have received maybe attention in some settings, but not in trade. So what we did in this paper is we, we went through eight different areas where we think officials in particular in Asia will be focused in 2021 and beyond. And let me just give you a couple of them as an example. More conversations are needed around what is digital services and how do we deliver digital services? How do we ensure that they're able to flow between jurisdictions in the region? Because increasingly, it's all about services, including things like what we're doing right now and consulting services and all kinds of things. But we don't really have good rules or frameworks in place, I think, to handle the volume of services that are coming through digital pipelines. So services is important. Uh, Another one that's going to matter, and and then I'll I'll stop and and take questions from you. Another one that will matter is dealing with e-payments, electronic payments, which is we have more and more firms, especially coming out of COVID, who have made the move online. Fantastic. That's one way to survive a pandemic. But they're struggling, especially the smaller ones, with getting paid. Their goods and services, especially in cross border settings. So they either can't get it paid because the payment systems don't work in their jurisdiction, or the payment is too expensive or too time consuming. Uh, You know, and money is is important obviously to small businesses, but so is time. So the cost of a delay for a small business can be catastrophic.
0: Yeah, this acceleration of um, digitization of the economy. Uh, as a result of the COVID pandemic means that um, this is a really timely paper and this series of papers that we'll have uh, throughout uh, 2021 are also quite targeted at uh, SMEs, I think. Um, but of all of these issues, what would you say is the the, the issue that's going to be a, most likely a greatest impact for for business in Asia?
1: I think we should be paying much more attention than we are to digital taxation. In particular, taxation on services and taxation on electronic commerce goods. And the reason why this matters is, number one, we're all about to pay more taxes. But it's also important because the method that governments are using or the methods that governments are using or thinking of using can be either helpful and facilitative or can be catastrophic, especially if you're a small firm. Because if you if you tax services or goods trade in ways that are problematic, then what it does is it drives small firms out of the business entirely of providing goods or services cross-border. Because if the compliance cost is so high of me paying taxes in some other jurisdiction, or if my platform provider has to do it on my behalf and they look at me and they say, actually, you hardly sell anything with us, we're gonna boot you off the system just because it's too expensive for us to maintain your tax records, uh, you're going to end up with an awful lot of challenges ahead for businesses, large and small, operating in and across the region as early as January. So we're starting with a whole new raft of digital taxes that are going to be problematic for companies.
0: So clearly an important one for us to be looking at. But talking about the regulatory regime and uh, and taxation uh, and regional business, we, have, of course, have just had the uh, RCEP signed. What are the implications of digital trade Uh, from RCEP?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, You know, RCEP has 15 countries here in Asia, all 10 members of ASEAN, China, Japan, Korea, Australia, and New Zealand. It has a lot of trade implications for the region. We're going to start making goods and services in Asia for Asia. All of that's fantastic. There is an e-commerce chapter in RCEP, which could have been fabulous, but unfortunately is less fabulous than it should have been because the restrictions or the potential for restrictions in cross-border data flows or information flows and rules about where you put your data means that firms will struggle, I think, more than they should in getting information, in getting customers, in spend, you know, sending back and forth financial data, which you need when you're buying and selling. You know, So I think it could have been great. It was not as good as it should have been in that space. But before I make everyone totally depressed about RCEP, you can, however, in the goods space, deliver more goods than ever before with better customs procedures. I think that's very helpful. And in the services space, they opened up more digital delivery of services. So while the e-commerce chapter itself, I think is a bit disappointing because it's it's just problematic, but there are digital provisions across the agreement. And since digital is really, should be viewed as a connective tissue, connecting up all different kinds of businesses and, and things that businesses do, I think it should be across all parts of the RCEP agreement and not just contained in one chapter called e-commerce.
0: Very good point. Uh, Deborah, we're we're nearly out of time. So thank you very much for taking us through those key issues. I should uh, remind everybody that this uh, first paper in the series will be available on the Heinrichfoundation.com website early next week. And then do look out for the continuation of the series throughout 21. Deborah, thank you.
1: Thank you.